I'm San Francisco Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and you're listening to Fifth in Mission. Just when you thought the news of 2020 couldn't get any stranger, a lemur was stolen from the San Francisco Zoo. Somebody swiped 21-year-old McKee from the lemur enclosure Tuesday, and zoo officials were desperate to find him. Chronicle reporter Nora Mashanik joined me to discuss the lemur heist and to bring us interviews with the lemur's caretaker and a lemur expert, too. After we recorded this episode, news broke late Thursday night that Daly City Police found the lemur at a church playground in Daly City. The police kept him until zoo staff arrived to take him safely home. And finally, we can say that a bizarre 2020 story has a happy ending. Nora Mashanik, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So in this wild um, year that is 2020, we have another unusual story out of San Francisco, and that was that a lemur was stolen from the zoo earlier this week. Um, tell me what we know so far. Tuesday night, a lemur called Maki uh, was taken from his enclosure at the San Francisco Zoo. And initially, police didn't say it was theft, but today, shout out to reporter Vanessa Arredondo, they did confirm that he was taken, and um, they, they are treating it as a burglary. They said that it appeared that there was a forced entry into the lemur enclosure at the zoo, and they're looking into it, they're investigating. Nothing really has come of it yet, it's only been a day. Um, but mm-hmm. these ring-tailed lemurs are really charismatic creatures. I mean, Maki is, he's got these golden eyes, this black and white striped tail. So it's understandable that somebody might want to have him as a pet, but obviously the, the zoo is devastated and says, you know, this is, this is not acceptable. He really needs specialized care that only a zoo can provide. Right. It's not like a lemur um, could be cared for by anybody. Um, so they are pretty desperate to get him back with his caretakers. So can you describe where he was taken from? I understand you were at the zoo and checked out the enclosure yourself. I did. I was at the zoo today and I was curious to see, first of all, what people who were visiting the zoo thought of this. And I did hear a lot of chatter about Maki's disappearance among children, among visitors. So it definitely seems like it's on everybody's mind. The, the lemur enclosure at the zoo actually has three parts. And yesterday, it was closed off. It was a crime scene. Today, it's open. It's open to visitors. It looks normal. These three parts are all connected. There's a very naturalistic-looking park where all the lemurs climb around in the trees, and that's surrounded by a moat. Then there's sort of a kind of caged-off area, and the lemurs can kind of scramble around in the trees, but that is raised up so that visitors can look at them and see them at eye level. And then there's a third component that's not visible to visitors, and that is this enclosure that is used to store the lemurs overnight and used to feed them and where they get a lot of care. And that part is is under the walkway Um, that you use when you visit the lemur enclosure. So the zoo is not saying where he was taken from. It's unclear whether he was taken from one of the outdoor settings, whether he was locked up overnight. They're really being pretty tight-lipped about the actual location he was in when he disappeared, and they're referring all questions to police, but police are not saying either where exactly he was the night he was taken. 
That's so interesting. I've been to um, the zoo many times with my little boys and have seen the lemur area. It's really big and very intricate. They've um, spent a lot of money and care for a lot of lemurs there. Um, it's a big investment um, by the zoo. And I know that they're um, so concerned that they're offering a reward for his safe return. Can you tell me about that? They are. So So Maki is 21 years old and the zoo is offering $100 for every year of his life. So that's a total of $2,100 for his safe return. And this is not the first time actually that an animal has been taken from the zoo and the zoo has offered a reward. In 2011, there was a squirrel monkey named Banana Sam. He was stolen and actually returned pretty quickly. He, he was found in a backpack in a park. It's it's, it sounds crazy, but someone in the park saw him and coaxed him into a backpack and called... <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he was wow. returned really quickly. So that's a good bit of news. And then 20 years ago in the year 2000, two koalas named Pat and Leanne were stolen from the San Francisco Zoo, and they were also returned pretty quickly. There were two teenagers who were arrested for stealing Pat and Sam to try to impress their girlfriends. yes note to listeners do not steal animals from the zoo and it will not impress your girlfriend it will not you know it's actually interesting because the most recent example of a lemur being stolen from a zoo it actually occurred just south of los angeles at the santa Ana zoo two years ago that was a, a lemur named isaac and that was also a teenager who tried to steal Isaac. I think that was a 19-year-old. So there's something about teenagers trying to steal lemurs. <laughs> but wow. they're, you know, the zoo is really hopeful that by offering this reward, they can um, get Maki back as soon as possible. I hope they do. So you um, did a couple of really interesting interviews today we're going to listen to. Um, you interviewed Jason Waters, who's in charge of wellness and animal behavior at the zoo. So let's listen to what he had to say about the lemur theft now. Maki's cared for by a, a, a diverse team of specialists. We have animal caretakers who take care of him day in and day out and making sure he's fed, watered, exercised, trained. We also have uh, specialist exotic animal veterinarians who are trained in the care of animals like Maki. We have exotic animal nutritionists who develop his diet and assess it for uh, you know how it works for him. We have uh, animal behaviorists who observe him, monitor how he's doing in his in his habitat. So he gets pretty pretty elaborate care, um, to be honest. Given that he's an older animal, we we really spend a lot of time looking at how he's doing and making adjustments to his environment or his diet, just to sort of tighter in, if you will, the best approach for him. So he's, the animals are constantly observed, watched, and adjustments are made. It's not something that can be easily replicated. It, it really, it's not a one person job to take care of zoo animals. It, it really does take uh, a commitment from a, a integrated team of people. What is the zoo doing to protect its animals and prevent this from happening again in the future? Well, we go to great lengths to to protect the animals here. Um, probably, I shouldn't give you all the exact details, um, but uh, we I can say we have ramped up uh, our security. 
The squirrel monkey Banana Sam, who was taken from the zoo in 2011, he was pretty quickly returned to the zoo. Do you think that Maki will be as well? You know, that's a good question. I sure hope he's returned as quickly. I mean, I've, obviously, I can't, I can't speculate. I, I don't know for sure. I hope that Maki has returned quickly. You know, he's he's out of his element. He's likely scared, stressed. Hopefully, he will come back here where we can get him stabilized. We'll be right back after a short break. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod. And Nora, you also spoke to Charlie Welch, who's the conservation coordinator for the Duke Lemur Center, one of the largest lemur research organizations in the world. Let's hear that exchange now. Great. So, um, so you say that lemurs make bad pets. Why is that? Well, lemurs are, well, a variety of reasons. Lemurs, are for, for one thing, are one of the most endangered groups of mammals on the planet. And um, so the best place for lemurs um, is in a captive breeding situation that's managing their breeding in terms of genetics and and other factors very responsibly um or of course back in the wild another reason is they're social animals you know lemurs need other lemurs and when you uh, have a lemur that's by itself as a pet it just doesn't develop normally and very often they actually become aggressive and um bite people and when my wife and I worked at a conservation center in in Madagascar uh, we were all the time getting lemurs from people who had kept them as pets and they would bring them to the the conservation center when they started biting members of the family as they became adults and um, so then we would be stuck with them at the conservation center and do the best we could but um, Basically, they just they don't make good pets, and and we at the Duke Lemur Center we really really discourage people from uh, keeping lemurs as pets. Do we have any sense of how many lemurs are being held as pets in the United States? That's really a tough question to know. They don't have to be um, in most cases, as far as I know, registered in any way. Maybe some states require that. Um, I think one of the numbers I've heard thrown around is somewhere around perhaps 2,000 that are kept um, in captive situations around the U.S., um, you know, trade in endangered species is illegal, but captive-born lemurs can be moved within a state as long as they don't cross state lines. So um, that's that's part of what happens. And lemurs do breed in captive uh, situations and, and reproduce. What is something that you find particularly fascinating about lemurs? <laughs> um I would say everything. Um, they're they're pretty amazing animals, really, all around. But the most amazing thing to me is that you know here here's Madagascar, uh, um, an island country that's been separated from the African continent for close to 200 million years. So the animals there have evolved very differently than they've evolved on the African continent or anywhere else in the world and 
ancestral lemur from which lemurs on Madagascar evolved actually existed on the African continent. So you get evolution that's going in, in different directions in, in Africa and on Madagascar and producing completely different animals as a result of resources and predator pressures and things like that. So, so lemurs in Madagascar, and there are over a hundred species of them, um, are unique animals. They're, they're unique to that island country, and it's a very poor country, and a lot of forest has been cut by people just trying to grow enough food to, to feed their families. So that's, that's why they're so endangered on Madagascar. Well, thank you so much. I, I really thought you were going to say that it was their, their matrilineal or their uh, matriarchal, well, I should say. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, there is that too. They are a female dominant social, um, structure, uh, which is very different than, than most other primates, um, like baboons and macaques and, pretty much everything but uh yeah they they are rather unique in that in that way as well wow well thank you so much i um i'll let you get to your guests but this was great talking to you and and thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it sure Nora. i'm i'm sorry it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. no 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 <laughs> i hope that is... gives you a little bit of something Nora, you actually met charlie welch while living in madagascar for two years what took you there I lived in Madagascar for about two and a half years as a member of the Peace Corps. And I lived in a part of the country that was really quintessentially what you think of as Madagascar. It was rainy, wet, rainforested, and there were a lot of species of lemurs that I saw pretty regularly. Um, however, the ring-tailed lemurs, these lemurs with the black and white striped tails, are really only present in the southern part of the country, which is a lot more dry and desert-like. That's the, the habitat that they prefer. So I actually was never lucky enough to see some of these ring-tailed lemurs in person. However, I, um, I did see a lot of lemurs. And unfortunately, um, what Charlie referenced when I was talking to him was this, you know, this widespread practice of people keeping lemurs as pets. That's true in the United States. It's true in other countries. And it's very true in Madag Madagascar, unfortunately. Um, so I actually had just some neighbors down the street in the village where I lived. They kept a pet lemur. I came, I came into their house one day and there was this tiny mouse lemur. And mouse lemurs are, they fit in the palm of your hand. They're very cute. They have big eyes, but obviously they're wild animals. And as a Peace Corps volunteer, you're taught to observe, to be non-judgmental. And this was an instance in which I, I just couldn't do that. I had to say something. And so I, I said to this family, I said, I'm sorry, but if you keep this lemur, I can't visit you anymore. It makes me uncomfortable. And so they did return that lemur, thankfully, to the forest. Um, Aww. Yeah. So I did see some lemurs, unfortunately, in captivity. I saved one, but I couldn't save them all. Oh, well, let's hope that um, the person who took Mackie also does the right thing. If somebody sees... Um, a lemur on the streets of San Francisco or anywhere, what should they do? So police are asking anybody who thinks that they might see Maki to call the 24-hour tip line, and that number is 
575-4444, or they can text the tip to TIP411, and police will direct their information to the investigators who are looking for the lemur. Great. Did you ever think that um, a stolen lemur would be next on our crazy news coverage of 2020? I didn't. I didn't. But uh, I really (laughs) hope that he has a safe return. Me too. Let's hope for that. And thank you so much for joining me. It was fun to talk to you. Thanks so much, Heather. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you to Nora Mashanik for joining me today, to Taya Francesca Price for producing this episode, and to you for listening.